Uh, some of you saw the posting that I posted a couple of uh, days ago on the five wise version and the five foolish version. I wanted to kind of give you like the um, the live version. Some of you don't like to read. I, I don't like to read that much as well, but uh, but it's it's um, it's really awesome. Um, the reason for this is because what we learn from this story we only look at it in the Western mentality, but the way the story goes, most of the Jewish people, they understood the actual story of what happens. Um, you know, the five wise virgins uh, and the five foolish ones is a story about intimacy. And uh, it's so awesome that Sonia just prayed about that, but it's about intimacy. And it's about how to cultivate intimacy in your own secret place. And so that it's almost like, you know, like it shows in there where they had oil. That oil is representative of an intimacy that you have with the Lord. And you can't really get it any other place but to get it for yourself. You have to get it for yourself. And I believe that's one of the things that we learned through this pandemic is that if you don't have that, then you're going to run out of gas. And we need that. We need that time. We need to learn how to get our own oil. And this is one thing that you can't get from other people. You need to learn to cultivate that oil of intimacy with Jesus. Um, and I want to show you that in the aspect of time, we are in the Esther 2.12 moment in time. And in the Esther 2.12, I'm going to read it to you just so you could kind of see where I'm talking about here. He says here, each young woman turn came to go into King Cyrus after she had completed 12 months preparation according to the regulations of the women or for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned. Six months with oil of myrrh, six months with perfumes, and preparations for beautifying women. Pay attention to that. Six months with oil of myrrh, six months with perfumes, and preparations for beautifying women. Thus, prepared each young woman went to the king. She was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women's quarter to the king's palace. In the evening she went, and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women, to the custody of Shazgaz, the king's eunuch who kept the concubines. She would not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name. Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go in to the king, she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus into his royal palace in the 10th month which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all 
the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants, and he proclaimed a holiday in the province and gave gifts according to the generosity of a king. Esther 2.12-18. to Now, you guys mentioned, you guys have heard me mention this before, that the first six months with oil of myrrh, which myrrh represent death to self, we must learn to die to self before we can be presented before the king. We must learn to die to our religion. We must learn to die to who we are. It says, he who lose himself will gain life. The second six month is for prayers and consecration. And it's also preparing for beautifying. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And so what the Lord does, this is a picture of the body of Christ. Esther is that picture of the bride of Christ. It's the picture of the bride. As we know the story, how it goes that in the book, in the the 66 books that we have in the Bible, there are only two books that are named after female. And coincidentally, or should I say happenstancely, one is a is not is, is is a Hebrew name and the other one is Ruth of course the other one is Esther but Esther was a prominent it was a Jewish person who was married to a prominent uh, Gentile and then Ruth was a Gentile who was married to a Jewish person and those two pictures as we studied Esther before was a picture of the church in two segments, meaning that it's a picture, Esther is a picture of the church that is uh, the picture of Israel. And then you have the other side, which is Ruth, is the picture of the Gentile church, who we are, we are the Gentiles, and engrafted into before David showed up through through Jesse and and their and and the, the lineage of uh, Boaz, so we see that these two characters are very important in order for us to see where the bride of Christ is at. And so, in saying all that, we're looking at this Esther two twelve and saying that although it it, it speaks specifically of uh, the Jewish or the, the the people of God in that section, but. It's also as a corporate body, how the body of Christ makes herself ready for the king, makes herself ready for Jesus' second coming. This is that story where the bride is making herself ready and we must learn as before we can come together in unity as one body, we must learn to die to self in order to become in union, meaning to, 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 to be able to reach the union we because we are one with him we are one flesh one body in union with the lord right now but we need to learn to die to self in our soul in our mind our intellect and our will we must learn to die to self now these 
Second six months is prayers and consecration is even for us something that we need to learn to do it to our own selves. That when we need to go before the king, we want to present ourselves because we are the bride of Christ. Whether you're male or female, we are bride of Christ. And a lot of us want to have that intimacy time and fellowship time with the Lord, but we don't know how to do it. We don't know how to present ourselves in that place. And if we follow this uh, picture or this, uh, should I say, uh, schematic or this plan of how Holy Spirit, which is Haggai, representative of Haggai, Holy Spirit presented Esther in the first six months, they were learning to die. They put the myrrh. And that also is, is, is also, you learn to pray, you're praying, you're doing all these consecration. And with those 12 months of consecration, you beautify yourself and you present yourself holy, although we are already holy, but the, the process of sanctification in that is what allows us, because you just don't show up in front of the king however you want. You need to smell good, look good, and that's what is the Lord showing us here. And we can see how Holy Spirit is part of this as well. And the, here we see that they told her she could bring anything she wanted, any type of garment to impress the king. But she decided to go with whatever that Haggai said, which is representative of Holy Spirit. We must be ready to hear what Holy Spirit is telling us of what the Son is an expectation of us. We have to put on His garment of righteousness, not ours. We have to put on what He wants us to put on, not what we want to put on. We must be ready to do that. And she, she was told to have whatever dress, but she decided to give that up and say, I want what you want. And so it shows even the will that we must do the will of the Father, not my will, but thy will be done. So she requested nothing but only what the Holy Spirit had advised. Now, I want to take you guys a little bit back because this is where we kind of have the disconnect here. The Jewish custom of the betrothal and the preparation is totally different from what we see. Because whenever those people see the five wise virgins, the five foolish virgins, they see the storyline as something that they have heard so many times. They have heard this. They have heard it so many times. And they know exactly, exactly how this thing's supposed to work. And the way it works is this. So the wedding happens in two takes, meaning that in, in two steps. So there's the betrothal, and then there's actually the wedding procession itself. And the way the betrothal go is that there's a covenant that has to be made and there has to be a price that the bride uh, has to negotiate or has to be negotiated for the bride with the bride family. So the bridegroom, uh, let's say, in this case, we have Jesus Christ, who is the bridegroom, made that covenant and said he would pay the price for the bride, for us, the 12 apostles who were sitting there at the, at the, at the, uh, at the table during communion. And he said, and this is what they did. They actually did this. 
the son and the father would sit at the table, the bride uh, and the bridegroom, of course, the, the, the bridegroom is a son, uh, the, the bride and the father of the bride would sit there and the fathers would speak to each other. This is the naturally speaking right now. And they would speak with each other and they say, okay, um, you know, we have 20 donkeys, 20 cam camels and so and so, whatever. This is the dowry we'd like, you know, we'd like to pay, da, 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 da. And they would agree. Whenever they come to the agreement, the covenant was cut and made by the eating, the breaking of the bread and the eating of the bread and drinking of the cup. When the female drank the cup, when the woman, the bride drank the cup, she also accepted. And so you see this parallel happening with Jesus, with the 12 disciples, and he presented that he would give himself up for the bride. He would give himself up for them. They broke the bread. They drank. He drank. They. That is the communion right there. It is that we have accepted. When the 12 disciples accepted, they accepted the betrothal. And the covenant, they accepted it. When, when Abraham came back from the spoils of war, Melchizedek presented bread and wine. You would see that continually, bread and wine. And that is the covenant that was made to say, okay, you are flesh of my flesh, bones of my bones. I'm gonna leave now to go and prepare a place for you. And this is what they did. The father and the son would leave. They would go back to home, wherever it was. It could be a town that's like, you know, five miles away, 20 miles out, whatever the case may be. And the father would take the son with him and he would teach him and build his house next to his home. He says, I go to a place to prepare a place for you. In my father, there are many mentions. That is understood in their culture, exactly what that means. And so Jesus Christ is building right now a place for us, a home in the father's home, and so it would take about nine months. And that does several things. In, the, in those times, the nine months would prove the faithfulness of the bride to remain as a virgin. And also it would show if she was with somebody else before that, that nine months would, of course, nine months, you guys know nine months by the nine months time frame. If you have, you're supposed to have a baby, you will have it by now. And it would also put a longing in the hearts of both the bride and the bridegroom, waiting, waiting for the coming of the king, for the coming of the bridegroom, for the coming of the one who had betrothed her. It's like the Song of Solomon, that distance creates that longing of the heart. So this is that second part in the preparation. The bride would take nine to 12 months in preparation and waiting for her husband who has returned to his father's home to build a place for her to live in. Now, where the five wise virgin come in is this, is that they were supposed to protect the virginity the purity of the bride in waiting. 
She was supposed to be surrounded and encouraged by the other virgin who would keep her pure in the waiting process. That's why you have the 10 virgins. You would say, well, why are these virgins hanging out together? Well, it's because that was the way that they did it. You hang out with those who will keep you focused, who will stay, keep you focused on the prize, who will keep you focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. So these, but it just happened that in this story, five were foolish and five were wise. And we'll find out what is the foolish thing that they did that the other ones did not do in this process. So we as ministers along with Holy Spirit are those who prepare the bride in waiting as the virgins, the other virgins, the bride of Christ, the, 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 the ministers are the ones, the fivefold ministers are the ones who are supposed to be the wise virgins who help prepare the bride to make herself ready. They're the ones that purchase the oil. They're the ones that cultivate that oil of intimacy. They're the ones that prepare the bride. They protect her purity. They keep her purity. They help her stay focused. The third part is the arrival of the groom. This is the part of the parable of the five wise virgins that comes into play. Usually, once the groom would finish building the place at his father's home, he'd re return. And as the custom go, he usually came at night as a thief. That's why Jesus says, I come as a thief in the night. And the groom would be accompanied by a wedding party. You guys have heard of that? in the twinkling of an eye. He's coming with the saints, with his saints, with those that have already gone before us. The wedding procession. This is parallel. Parallel. They would come parading in the streets at night with lights and torches, waking everybody up so that the whole town would know that the groom is on the way. The bride and the, br and the friend of the bridegroom would hear the commotion and would have to get in the middle of the night and prepare quickly to be ready. As a matter of fact, there's our trumpets are being blown. Do you guys see the connection there? A trumpet is blown. Everybody's up. It's the middle of the night. Some of the ladies may not even be ready. They may not have makeup on. They may not have anything on. They just get up and put whatever they, because they are extremely, Expecting in that culture, they expected the bridegroom to come in in the middle of the night. And so they would have to be ready. Their makeup set already ready, everything ready, but they needed oil. Oil was one of the most precious things that they could have because it illuminated them. It gave them light. It's not like today where we have electricity and all that. They needed those lamps and the lamps needed to be trimmed. Because if it's not trimmed, it'll cause smoke and everything else. And so it had to be trimmed completely all the time. There had to be enough oil for the journey, for the walk, to meet the wedding procession. The bride and the friend of the bridegroom would hear the commotion and they would have to get up in the middle of the night and prepare quickly to be ready. Imagine the bride not having all her makeup, all her clothes, uh, searching everywhere, not being able to see in the dark. Isaiah 60, as the darkness gets darker, we shine brighter. And so 
it's going to be a dark time. It's going to come in as a thief in the night. He will come in like that. But we have to be ready. It was, it, it says it was very important that they all had lamps, all of them, and oil for those lamps in order to find things to prepare for their clothes and make up and be ready. This would entail that the bride and the friends of the bridegroom would have to be always prepared, neither knowing the hour the groom would come. We, as a church, must always be prepared. Always be prepared. In prayer, in supplication, in purity, in the Lord. And now here's the fourth part of the wedding or the procession. The fourth part would be, of course, the wedding party or the wedding celebration, which would take about seven days. The bride with her entourage of virgins would accompany the groom and his friends back to the home which he has been preparing to consecrate the marriage. The best man would stand at the door and everyone outside of the house cheering. Once the consecration happens, the bride would bring out the proof, or should I say the consummation happen, the bride would bring out the proof of the evidence of her virginity, which would be bloodied and stained sheets for all outside to see. And they would put it right at the door. And that was the custom. If, of course, they used to make a joke and say, if she was not a virgin, you would have to cut yourself if you really loved her. Because they needed to see blood on that door. And the friend of the bridegroom, the best friend of the bridegroom, would have to get that and show it. And they would spend those seven days, which is you know, equivalent to uh, what we talk about the wedding, when, whenever it happens with the Lord Jesus, we would remain uh, for thousands of years with the Lord celebrating that. Then the celebration would come for about a week or seven days. Now, this is what I really want to bring up. I know we talked about the Jewish culture. We talked about that. What I want to talk about here is how the lamps are indicative to represent that we need to have lamps that are trimmed, that are full of oil. And how do we get that oil? How do we reach, how do we buy that oil? And, and we can see that the only way to do that is to buy it without money, without price. It's to spend time with Holy Spirit. It's to spend time of intimacy with Him. We cultivate. Imagine every day you are receiving so much amount of grace and it is an equivalent to oil that is poured into a cup. Some people use that oil for ointment to heal their soothe, to heal themselves, for forgiveness of sins, for whatever. And some people, they don't need it for that. Because when the Lord says, be holy for I am holy, it means it's a promise. Not only that it's a promise and a commandment, it is attainable. Can you imagine if all of us, just in this room, if we would live a life that was completely sinless every day for the next five years to 10 years, and that we would spend 
hours of intimacy with the Lord, full of his power and his grace, what would happen to us if we lived a sinless life all the time? We will be overflowing, overflowing with the grace because grace is enables us. Is Grace is the enabling power that allows us to do the supernatural. And so for some, they use that grace to heal ointments of wounds and offenses and transgressions and all this other stuff. But can you imagine if you actually use that to enable you to walk in the supernatural, to the overflowing, the obedience? Can you imagine that? Oh my goodness, how effective we would be and so the oil is representation of Holy Spirit. Although this light cannot remain constant in time without refueling with deep intimacy, relationship in the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Holy Spirit keeps us prepared, trained, equipped, and comforted, loved, groomed, rested in His presence, and kept in holiness and purity in Him until the King's return. The preparation includes deep prayer and intercession, consecration and separation, preparation in the washing of the water of the word. Without this illumination from the bridegroom king, we are unable to see the hope of the coming bridegroom. The oil is consumable as it is his time. It is necessary to buy this oil of intimacy each day in order to accumulate what is necessary during the times of slumber, during dark times. The oil cannot be purchased all at once. That is the trick. But each day provides its own portion. These five wise virgins represent the true church and the bride. The wife that made herself ready according to Revelation 19 and 7. Those who are not prepared will not make it into the marriage of the Lamb because they did not pay the price of intimacy. It's like Esther uh, being groomed for, the, uh, for being the bridal queen by Haggai, the eunuch, which I've already said represents Holy Spirit. The bride of Christ is an Esther preparation moment. The five wise virgins represent the true church and the bride of Christ. Matthew 25, the wife that has made herself ready, Revelation 19 and 7, with the helper of Holy Spirit. Esther went through 12 months of preparation and 12 significant or significant of the governmental. And out of those six months, there's with oil, the government of God on our shoulder. The six months is with oil of myrrh, six months with perfumes, preparation for the beautifying, worship, adoration. We are in an Esther 2.12 moment right now until the Lord Jesus comes back. First, there has to be a deep internal character preparation inside of us. We are revival. We cannot have an awakening or revival until we as the church ourselves are reawakened and we have been purged and purified. When we are set on fire first, then everybody else can be set ablaze on fire.
Have you made yourself ready individually and overcame to be clothed in the white garments? Will you be found faithful and worthy of your new name to be confessed before the Father and his angels? We need the purging with the fire before the cleansing and the beautification comes. We must learn to die first before we can be beautified. You can't beautify a dead body. It needs to be resurrected. We carry the cross to go somewhere is to die. Then allow Holy Spirit to resurrect us so that when we are born anew, when we are walking, we are walking not as we, but as Him in us, as He in us. And so the best way that we prepare to hear from Him is we need to consecrate ourselves as in Joshua 3, 5. We invite the Holy Spirit to convict us of any unconfessed sin. We pray, we ask for forgiveness, we come in humility, we, we, we constantly are in the mode of repentance. Repentance just means walk the other way. And we have to commit to hearing from Him. We have to commit to be filled and constantly be filled with the Word and with the Holy Spirit. And we have to continually believe that we will hear from Him. We have to be in expectation. We can hear His voice because we are His sheep. We have to posture ourselves in constant worship, constant prayer, constant listening mode. It's the truth of the word of the Lord that will wash us free, will keep us in his ways. And this comes by waiting on him. We pray, we wait, then we walk, then we can ascend. We need Holy Spirit. It is the fragrance that comes. From the anointing as we spend time with him. As we spend time with him. Yeah, that was that was wonderful. Before I knew uh, Terry, we was going to be ministering. I was going to end with this scripture, and though we're not ending, I still feel like it fits in. And 
It's in Matthew chapter 16. It starts at verse 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit? What does a man profit? If he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there are some standing here which shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Well, Terry, when you were sharing, in the middle of all the tears, I was reading. <sighs> Psalm 91. I was reading Psalm 91 with my mind's eye, paying attention to what you're saying, but the Holy Spirit showed me Psalm 51. But you desire honesty from the womb, from the heart, teaching me wisdom, even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me, God, a clean heart. Renew that loyal spirit that you put within me. And don't take, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Your spirit of holiness, restore it to me. Father, I thank you right now for restoration there. You're a restoring God. You're restoring us back to an intimacy that we've been missing. We pray that you would enrich that intimacy we have with you right now, right now we receive it, Holy Spirit, into our spirit now. Revive us, oh God, as we receive a clean spirit from you. Unseal our lips, oh God, so that our mouths may praise you. The sanctifier. Sanctify us with your word. Sanctify us with your truth. Amen. That was breathtaking, refreshing, very breathtaking, refreshing. And and also, um, 
thought-provoking. You know, no matter what the situation we may find ourselves in, God always brings us back to Him. He always brings us back to where we can, whether we need to repent, whether we need to forgive, whatever the circumstances of our heart. And I, I like the bit you said that the need, and I wrote it down. Um, where is it? And in turn, repair our internal character. You know, when we look inside, there's, there's obviously the, the, the character that we display, but the internal character, that's what God wants. That, that's what the Lord wants to be broken, to be yielded, to be submitted to him. So that we go back to pouring out the oil and the wine. But the blood, the blood that speaks a better thing, will always speak. God desires us. And you see the scripture? Come and buy without cost. Come and buy without money. It's almost as if the Lord is desperate for our uh, fellowship, desperate for us to recognize that he first loved us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us until eternity comes. God bless you, man of God. Thank you for this. Appreciated and valued. Amen. Amen. I call it a God smacking moment. Revelation upon revelation upon revelation. Scripture meeting scripture meeting scripture. Mysteries within the word being revealed. And, you know, I love it because that's what the Holy Spirit is doing, is unveiling the mysteries, the mysteries of heaven, the mysteries of word to each and every one of us. Like Esther marrying in with Song of Solomon, marrying in then with Romans, marrying in with Revelation. It's, it's beautiful. It is just truly beautiful. And the understanding of with Esther going through the the myrrh, going through with the fragrances, the scents, how much then it comes into Corinthians and it speaks about us being the fragrance of Christ. We in Romans are told that because of our sin, we are like a filthy rag disgusting smelly so then the blood of Christ when he went to that cross and shed his blood he removed our ranks and gave us the robes of righteousness like going through the bath of myrrh going then into the beautiful perfumes to come out smelling like roses, so to speak. But it's all because of Christ. All because of Christ.
and to have that understanding of being the wise virgins, those, those with their lamps, with their oil, the intimacy, the intimacy. And that's Father's heart. He's wanting that intimacy with each and every one of us. And we're all in different stages of coming into that intimacy. Just even in like Song of Solomon, there was different stages of it. There was the wooing, there's the um, the intimacy, the coming together, the and then there was even the part where the coolness happened and then the overwhelming sense of what happened to go seeking and seeking and seeking until finally being found. And where were they found? In the garden. The garden always speaks to me of fragrance. It always speaks of newness, of blooms, blossoms, life. Thank you, Terry, for sharing those mysteries, sharing that revelation. And as you were sharing, then we were able to then have the Holy Spirit unveil new things again in that time. For the oil to flow. And yes, we had to trim wicks. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Bless you. Yes. Um... I wanted to share this scripture, but I couldn't remember it clearly. Uh, and then Joe mentioned it again. Isaiah 55 and 1 says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the people. And this is one of my favorite one. It's a, my inheritance word. Isaiah 55 and 5, it says, Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And I think that really applies to all of us while we're still alive. We must seek. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29 and 13. There is something about that, that if we take 
the rest of the time that we have in our lives and we say, God, we don't want to waste any more time. But we want to use that time that we have left to go hard and strong to seek you and to find you because we are searching you with all of our heart. And he says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And how does he do that? Oh my goodness, isn't that for what we should try to find out? I mean, we need to strive for what Enoch did. He walked with God and he was not for God took him. Walking with God means to be clinged side by side on his shoulder and walking with him. Two cannot walk unless they agree. You have to be like that with Holy Spirit. Come in union, in oneness, in unison with him to walk with him. But you can't walk with someone unless you have an ear to them. Unless you're hooked to them, unless you are yoked to them. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. If you call to him, he says he will answer you and he will show you great and mighty things which you do not know, we do not know. We have to change our posture. and be still and know that he is God. And he will be exalted among the nations through us. He will be exalted in the earth through us. But it takes living sacrifices. It takes us to live that life of purity Purity brings boldness to enter into the holies of holy by the blood of Jesus. Purity. Allows us to be consecrated for him, holy, and that we are the priest that he has called us to be. In order for us to be kings on earth, to rule in power, we must be priests before him and before his people. That relationship as a priest to him is first. We cannot ascend into the hill of the Lord according to Psalms 24, 3 and 4, until it says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. And this is where I tell people that the idols 
are just demonic spirits. That's what they are. He won't let us come up until we have removed those things. And we have to learn to keep ourselves from these things every time. This is a continual process. They wait at the door. These things, they wait for you to mess up. But we cannot afford a moment to be outside of his home, outside of his house. We cannot afford to be without Holy Spirit. We need him. This is his home. This is his abode, the house of God, the bet, the tent, the tabernacle of God. He didn't choose to live in house of stones, of cement. He chose to dwell in the hearts of men, the flesh. He, he, he chose that. We were made to be the home of God. Can you imagine that? That in the moment that the Lord thought of us, he thought us to be his home. He thought us to be his dwelling place forever. That his son became a man forever. So that he would be married to us forever. Come on. Even as scripture says, the angels were looking into it and said, how is it that you saw men? They are a little lower than you, than God, they're a little lower. How? But one, we realize our identity as sons of God. Nothing will come before us and the love of God. Nothing will stop us. Nothing. When the revealing of the sons of God is revealed on this earth, sons of thunders would arise everywhere. The enemy has already been defeated. He is a lion without teeth running around seeking for people he may devour. But you know what? Jesus already conquered death. He's already won. He has made a spectacle of the principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness the day that he was pierced on that cross. And he took those keys, went down the hell, opened the doors of the righteous dead in Abraham's bosom, and he released them. And the day that happened, the earth shook and the man of God, the righteous saints were walking amongst the living. The veil was torn from the top down. We can now step into the holies of holy because we have a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. He remains a high priest and he's ever interceding for you and I today before the Father. As the Father sees him, he sees us in him. We are safe in Jesus Christ. When the Lord sees the Son, we are hidden in him. 
We are safe in Him. When the Lord Jesus or when the Father looks at you, all He can but see is Jesus. Because He is our garment. He is our clothing. He is our righteousness. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. The Lord is looking for those who are contrite and humble spirit. He wants to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. He's looking for you. He is looking for you. He's looking for you, Elder Inez. He's looking for you, Jolene. He's looking for you, Patrick. He's looking for you, Pastor Patricia, Prophetess Joe, Prophetess Sonia, Deborah. He's looking for you. He's looking for you. He's looking for you. Dr. Monique, Jasmine, Carolyn, Adrian, Renee, Infinity, Dior, or Dior, Ramona, and Angie. He's looking for you. Like Jolyn said, he's looking. He desires to dwell in you. But those who wait on the Lord, those who trust in Him, those who trust in Him fully, those who wait on the Lord, those who trust in Him fully, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The ball is on our court. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Psalms 4 and 3. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Lord Jesus, we ask You today that You would put on your eye salve and wash our eyes with eye salve that we may be able to see that our eyes of our understanding will be enlightened in the knowledge of your son to know you to know God that you have already had made us one with your spirit we are one flesh in union with you Help us realize us. Help us know this. 
Help us walk in union with you. Make us one as you are one with the Father, as you have already had made us one, even before the ages of time. But let us realize it as sons, so that we may step into our inheritance, that we may step into our destiny. Lord, grant it, God, we ask. Lord, we are not anxious for anything, but we are here praying and supplicating and we're thanking you that our request is known to you. We ask you that your peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That we, oh God, would begin to walk in the things that are true. Begin to produce things that are noble. The things that are just. The things that are pure. The things that are lovely. The things that are of good report. That your virtue, God, will abound in us, O oh God, as we meditate and we ponder and we dwell on you. Everything that we are learning, God, everything that we have learned and received, we want to do these things, God, so that your peace, which surpasses all understanding, will rest upon us, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy every day, God. Every day, God, we wake up. You pour your mercy and your grace upon us and it follows us for the rest of our lives, God. Even when we fail, even when we mess up, you are here for us as sons. You wash us with the water of your word. You cleanse us with the blood of your son. You cleanse us with the blood. The price that was paid by this precious blood of Jesus, God. You gave your life for the bride. You gave your life for us, God. But yet, it was not in death. It was in the resurrection that we have faith in you, God. So, Lord Jesus, the power of resurrection, Lord, that is in you. We do not want to reduce it to anything. It is not limit it is not limited it is limitless it is unlimited power from you god so we ask you for boldness god we ask you for the spirit of the fear of the lord that would come upon us god in this time in this season in this opportune in this kairos moment it would come upon your people god so that we god will make your son jesus christ famous on this earth that we would keep a commitment to always keep the lamp trimmed, the wick trimmed, the lamp full of oil and be ready at all times in season and out of season, God. In turmoil, in persecution, in beatings, in whatever, we would be ready. We would be ready. Lord Jesus, raise an underground church 
that is worthy to die for you, that is worthy to be martyred for you. Raise us up, God. Raise us up to be strong, to not be fearful of man and religion. Raise us up, God, to be the people that you have called. Raise us up out of lukewarmness, apathy, lethargy. Raise us up, God. Let our works, O oh God, be greater than the times past, God. Let us be known not only for our words, but for your power and your authority in us. Let us be those who hear your voice and obey. Let us be those who walk in consecration and purity and holiness. Let us be God. Let us be in you as you are in us. We are drawing near to you so you may draw near to us, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Fill us anew for the work of the ministry in this place. Those who are weary, God, we ask you that you would strengthen us even now. Strengthen every single one of us. Strengthen us. Strengthen us in our inner man. We need you, God. And we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name.
Go ahead, Mama Dottie. We lift our arm. We place ourselves in this hidden place, the secret place of your consciousness. And we we connect our hearts and our minds to you now, this very moment, right out through the house, all the way through the house, all the way through the house. Let your way be known, Father. Let your ways be known in us and let your ways be known in the earth and let your waves be known in all that we do. Let us praise you and let us praise you from the from the rising of the sun to the glowing going down to the Father, let the earth increase in us. Let us let us bear the the thoughts of you, the mind of you, the consciousness of you, the faith of you. Let it be manifested in us as wait before you and offer the incense. Father, let us yield our increase in your presence. Let every Jericho that we're confronted with come down at the, at the silence of our praise. <laughs> come on, let every Jericho fall at the silence of our praise as we walk around circumstances. We lift our hearts before you and bring an offering of our souls before you and let it be a sweet incense. Father, when we are the no, there's no noise, <laughs> just that sweet smell. Lord, I pray right now that head in this house be totally with your glory. Be touched in their souls. Be touched in their mind. Be transformed, translated, and ascended into your glorious the floor is open to anyone that's receiving Sonia if you're receiving anything anybody else it's open if someone likes to come up from the uh, audience, you're more than welcome to share. Just raise your hands. Yes, the sun. The sun is shining in this part of the world right now. And that's S-U-N, Son, but Holy Spirit says, what about 
S-O-N, the Son of God. You became the Son of Man so that we, sons, would become sons of God. And that is what you have made us. But we need to empty ourselves before you. Almighty God, El Shaddai, we empty ourselves of all our pride, all our self-confidence, all self we throw out so that you will fill us, Father, with your Holy Spirit. Fill us this night. Fill us this afternoon, this morning, wherever we are all over the world. We declare that you are Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is everywhere, everywhere. But most importantly, Father, you're in our hearts all over the world where we're reaching you now in this part of the world. We ask you to top us up with your anointing, Holy Spirit, your burning, moving, powerful, yoke-destroying power that we would be a fragrance to those around us, a fragrance to the people you give us. Let your glory, let your sheer kind of glory rub off on them. Let us be vessels that you can draw people into your kingdom. But we can't do that, Lord, in the flesh, no matter how hard we try. But in you, we can do it. We can do it with Philippians 4.19 that says we can do all things because of the Christ that lives in me, because of the Christ that lives in each one of us. We can make a difference. Pour out Pour out your spirit, Lord, from us. Let our lives be a river where people can jump in and be cleansed, be renewed, be restored, be healed, not only in body, but also in mind. So many people, Lord, all around us suffer in their minds. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us the mind of Christ, Father. The mind of the anointed one. And thank you for giving us your anointing. May we never neglect it. But every given opportunity, 
arrest our thinking, Lord, to ask those Rima questions. May the fire of our altar never burn out. May the fire of our altar increase. Not only may it never burn out, but may the fire of our altars, may the fire of our heart never burn out. Father, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice unto you, holy, acceptable, which is our spiritual worship. We will not be conformed to this world, but we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We will be transformed into the very image of God from one degree of glory to another. As we behold you, Father, as in a mirror, the glory of God, we are changed from one degree of glory to another by the Spirit of the Lord. Help us keep our gaze on you. Help us to set our affections on things above. Help us to look away from all that would distract unto Jesus, the author of our salvation, the author of our faith. Oh, Father, make us a house of prayer. Lord, make us a house of prayer for all the ethnos, all the nations. And may the fire of our altar, Father, it's a purging fire. It's a cleansing fire. It's a purifier. It's a holy fire. It's God's fire. Burn up, burn in, burn out. Anything and everything that's not like you, Lord, let us be those five wise virgins that were ready when the bridegroom appeared. Can you imagine not being ready when your bridegroom show up? No. No. Father, we will be ready. We will keep our lamps trimmed with your presence with communion with you, with intimacy with you. We will walk with you like Enoch walked with you. Oh, Rabasike. We will lay our lives. We are a living sacrifice. We lay our lives on the altar. Bind us fast with your cords of love. We worship you. 
we exalt you, Father, to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Be blessing, glory, honor, power, majesty, dominion, and might. We worship the lion from the tribe of Judah who has already prevailed. Ah, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you've already prevailed. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. We love you. We thank you. And we will be ready. We'll lay aside every weight, every sin, every distraction, every deception, every discouragement. We won't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. You've called us out of darkness into light. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. From glory to glory to glory. Thank you, Father for this very sobering and on-time message about the five wise virgins. May we always keep our lamps trimmed, expecting. May we always be driven by eternity, expecting your return. May we always have this hope, this earnest, intense expectation waiting for you to come. Our redemption is drawing nigh. The fullness of time, the climax of the ages are right at our doorstep. The fullness of time in the climax of the ages. (laughs) Oh, yes. All of creation is groaning. Yeah, that's what's going on. There's some things that are not going to be turned around, that are not going to change because it's part of God's time clock. Our redemption is drawing now. Nigh. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. That's why we have to prepare ourselves for our bridegroom. He can come at any moment and we have to be ready. I can't be running around looking for my dress and my earrings and my garments. I gotta have them on. I gotta be dressed. I gotta be strapped. Waiting, where is my beloved? Looking, gazing, waiting for our beloved. For I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Thank you, Father, for this sobering reminder. Hallelujah, Terry. You could turn the music back up. Sometimes we just need to wait on the Lord. We need to be still and know that God is God.
I just got a word from the Lord. And um, I'm going to, I just got through writing it, so I'm going to read it out. This is a time that I'm expecting my people to draw nigh unto me, even the more so. This world is surely coming into a close, but not before I can win more and more souls. And I shall use each and every one of you as long as you want to be used. There is surely a price to pay to be used that way, the way I want to. I am so excited to reveal more and more truth and more and more revelation and more and more demonstration and more and more elevation to my people who are coming after me, who are craving me and thirsting for me, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and read a scripture and then we'll open it up for anybody else that wants to say anything. Uh, a bundle of myrrh is my beloved to me, the lies all night between my breasts. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blooms in the vineyards of Engedi. Behold, you are handsome, my beloved. Yes, pleasant. Also, our bed is green like an apple tree among the trees of the woods. So is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. My beloved is mine and I am his. He feeds his flock among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadow flee away. Turn my beloved and be like a gazelle or a young stag upon the mountains of Bether. Awake, O north wind, and come, O south. Blow upon my garden that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. Song of Solomon 5.1, pay attention to this. I have come to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey, and I have drunk my wine with milk. I have drunk my wine with milk. I have drunk my wine with milk. Eat, O oh friends, drink, yes, drink deeply, O oh my beloved ones. I sleep by my heart is awake, it is the voice of my beloved. He knocks, saying, open for me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. 
my beloved put his hand by the latch of the door and my heart yearned for him. I arose to open for my beloved and my hands drip with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh and the handles of the lock. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and was gone. My heart leaped up when he spoke. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved that you would tell him, I am lovesick. Isaiah 55 and 1 Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters and you have no money. Come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I don't know if you saw that. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Holy Spirit is here. Come and drink and thirst after him. Come and drink. Drink from the spirit of the Lord. Be filled. He is filling us even now as we speak. Come and drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Hallelujah. There's healing in your presence. There's deliverance in your presence. Salvation. Hallelujah. And before we go, I just like to extend an invitation to anyone who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. To anyone who was backslidden, anyone who would like to recommit or rededicate their lives. Anyone that feels like they're living lukewarm, uh, in a lukewarm, complacent sea state. The book of Revelation says that you are neither hot nor cold. 
And because you say that I'm rich and I'm increased with goods and have need of nothing, knoweth thou not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. But I counsel thee to buy gold from me tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, and that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see, and as many as I love, I rebuke, I chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. The Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If there's anyone that would like to rededicate or for the first time, invite Jesus into their heart that believe. What do we believe with the heart? The life, the death, the burial, and most certainly the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you can repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus, I truly repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. It's as simple as that. Lead me. Guide me. Teach me how to study your word. Create in me a clean heart. And thank you for renewing the right spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. If you said those prayers, if you believe with the heart and you confess with the mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you are saved. You have just moved from darkness to light. And the divine nature of God has came and moved on the inside of you. And if you have any questions or if you want any answers, always back channel. Myself, any of the moderators, we'd be happy to lead you and give you a reading plan with the scriptures and come and fellowship with you and make sure you're on the right track as we begin to disciple you and disciple nations. God bless you. God keep you. Is there anything else that anyone would like to say before we close the room? Any last comments?
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's this scripture that I'm going to close the room with, and it's 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. And I think it's the second part, and this it reads in the Amplified Bible. May the grace, favor, spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the presence and the fellowship, the communion and sharing together the participation in the Holy Spirit be with you all. May the sweet communion, hallelujah, the very reason we were created was to be in holy communion with God. May the sweet communion in the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with you both now and forevermore. I'm closing the room. May God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, and may you always walk in his peace. Shalom, shalom, everybody. I'm closing the room. God bless. We love you all. Thank you for coming.